The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. I'm Rafi, and I'm one of the audio production interns at DNR Studios. It's been exciting to use my skills here by editing different shows and working on the soundboard for live shows. I've been expanding my knowledge and understanding of how a successful podcast is run. That being said, it is that time of the year for the season of giving. We can't do this internship program without your generous support. Please make sure to donate by clicking on the donate rainbow icon at dnrstudios.com. And don't forget to subscribe to DNR Plus. Happy holidays, everyone, and stay safe. Hope you enjoy your holiday crate. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Uh, hello everyone. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are live, if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, October 16th, 2021 at dnrstudios.com. The only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Don't forget to download the new DNR Cast app. Hello, music. Uh, leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this thing. Uh, like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, email me, me at adamantadamsank.com, and get your official ass merch at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, even a COVID mask which will come in handy, especially right now, and I'll tell you why in a couple minutes. Uh, our guest today is uh, making his ass debut. It is a, a trailblazing porn star, D'Angelo Jackson. D'Angelo Jackson was, was and is the first black man to win the Gay Vienna Award for Best Actor, um, which really makes him a pioneer, but also he's uh, now transitioning to mainstream acting, and is currently appearing in a series on Here TV called Collar Confessions. So we will be talking to him about that. But first, it's time for me to welcome everyone's favorite piglet, our co-host, Ryan Frosty. Hello. Here I am. Hello. No, oh, there's the applause. It's Yes, it's very faint. Thank also you. Also with us is our producer, J.B. Bercy, the queen of fuckery. Hello, J.B. Hi. Still working on things. Talk to me later. Bye. Okay. So as you may have guessed, listeners, things sound a little different today. Something's a little bit off. So I'm about to We're announce mixing something. mixing it up. We're mixing it up. And uh, I'm about to make a major announcement that very few people on the planet know. Um, but I'm going to share it with you, the listener. Uh, an ass-exclusive, you say? Gail, this is an ass-exclusive. I have COVID. I have breakthrough dun, COVID. Dun, dun. That is, oh. My goodness, you poor thing. Fully double vaccinated. Yes. Uh, My boyfriend got it first. He started having symptoms this past Friday, tested positive on Saturday, which is when he and I started, you know, separating. And he was quarantining in Brooklyn. I was in Manhattan. I was fine for days. No symptoms. I tested negative. Then on Tuesday, I went to get another test because I was starting to get some mild cold symptoms. And my rapid test came back negative, and I was like, woohoo, um, I don't uh, have it. And I thought, while I'm here, can I get a Moderna booster? Because I'm HIV positive, and technically I fall under the you know, heading of immunodeficient, even though I'm really. Adam? Sure. Hi. Oh, okay. So you kind of dipped out in the middle of the conversation? <laughs> 
Do we know how much the listeners heard? Um, we we heard after your uh, rapid test, you went to go get the booster shot of Moderna, and then that's it. Okay, so you didn't miss much. So yeah. they gave me the booster. I went home, and that night at eight o'clock, I got an email that my PCR result was in, and it was positive. Oh my god! So that was Tuesday. Today's Saturday. For the past five days, I've had a host of symptoms, some of which could have just been from the vaccine and some of which are cl- clearly from COVID. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my symptoms, and this hasn't all happened at the same time, but my symptoms have included the following, pounding headache, fever, chills, diarrhea, uh, coughing, and severe cold, like nasal decongestion, running nose, sneezing, etc. Last night I began to slightly lose sense of smell. Not completely, but my smell is not as good. Patrick uh, lost his smell and taste completely for a few days. He's just now starting to get them back. So all of this is to say I am doing this from home for the first time. JB is in studio holding it all together through the magic of technology. Ryan is also at home, and I'm not clear as to why. Why are you home? I'm home because I'm trying to make everything work this podcast my dog's training and uh if you're staying home i'm not gonna commute into the city that's some real shady shit bitch just say it yeah i had, I had a feeling jb would have something to say about that well you have to be there to run the show i mean i i literally show up eat the bagels flap my my gams <laughs> and uh and you know poop okay yeah so here's here's my problem with this. So instead of you coming in, hanging out with me, you know, because now I'm just all alone in the studio, by myself, and I have to look at now. Now we can't take no calls because you're on the well, you're on our phone line. Or I could also just like not be doing this at all. But you here right. we are. So let's um let's get into it because I actually have a recommendation this week. So I'm ready to get into the Rex. Okay. Oh, wait, we're, before we move on, before we move on though. I just to say, I'm I'm so sorry to hear that you've been through this this week. I Thank can't you. believe that you are just now, after you've been double vaccinated, triple you for the longest time was triple. Yeah, you for the longest time were the only person I knew that like hadn't gotten COVID. Basically, not the only person, but it was just like it's just this um, virus is really wild and it's yeah. just like we have to we have to continue even though we're moving in the direction of like you know things being open we're going to see shows we're doing this we're doing that we're you know life has has opened up again but like we're so you know susceptible to this virus and we need to be mindful of that and continue you know well, doing what's asked of us and i was talking to our doctor tom that's your doctor too right yes and he said he's seeing so many breakthrough cases now, he doesn't even call them breakthrough cases. He just calls them COVID. Um, it basically, oh, sorry. Basically, lots of people are getting it. But the good news, he said, is that the vaccines are working in the sense that none of his patients who are, who are getting COVID are hospitalized or dying. They yeah, all have man- manageable symptoms. I saw in the news yesterday morning that um, I think like the day before there were only 16 hospitalizations in the entire city. Something yeah, there's really not there's low, low like that. It's really the vaccines are working, but they're not keeping us from getting infected. They're just keeping us from yeah. getting really sick. And even me, I mean, this week hasn't been fun, but I've worked right. every day except for one. There was only one day I, t- I called in sick because my head and my headache was so bad. But like I can work, I can yeah. function, I can walk it's my dog, my double masks really? on and keeping away from everyone um a couple things before we do recommended viewing um say something right now jb or ryan hello Can you guys... yeah so whenever you guys talk i'm just jb this is for you i'm looking at the clean feed screen every time you or ryan talks it goes into the red i don't know if that means your levels are too high or if i should uh, just ignore that ignore that that's okay clean food okay levels. never mind um, okay, and also, Ryan, uh, you said you flap your gams when you're uh, at the, in the studio. Gams are legs. Oh, wait. Flap my... Flap my uh, your gums. There we go. 
Although you do flap your gams too. I have seen you flap those legs. I have flapped times. the gams. I have, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Particularly when they're I've been known in the to air. Do. All right, so recommended viewing. Um, let's hit it with the bumper. I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks. All right, let's start with Ryan, since you're chomping at the bit and you have something to recommend. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I finally got into HBO Max's Hacks. Which I recommended months ago. Okay, well, I finally got around to watching it. So now I can co-recommend to the listeners this show. If you haven't taken Adam's recommendation yet to watch it, it is brilliant. It is hilarious. It is heartbreaking. It is all the feelings. And these are the kind of shows that I really enjoy. I don't. I feel like we're we're moving into an era of television where it really is about like fusing together genres. Like really, it's the it's the era of the dramedy, right? Like yes. you want to have a show where you laugh and then it's suspenseful and then it's like devastating and then you're, it's funny again. And and Hacks just has so many brilliant performances. It, it, uh, Gene Smart. Um, who plays Deborah, the the, the lead? It, it's just it's such a tour de force performance. Like she Fabulous just show. and you know HBO is really I feel like in 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 their history like they they're really good at at finding getting these shows and having these like star vehicle roles for women. Like I think about Veep. I think about like um, most recently. Uh, uh, White Lotus. I mean, it's just, you must watch it. The writing is great. It's from the writers of Broad City. I yes. love that show. I highly recommend it. It's great. I concur. JB, anything to recommend this week? Uh, no, not, not at all. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do two, I'm going to do two quickies. Sorry, Gail. I know I promised I would only do one. Um, <laughs> so I finally got around to watching this Netflix series that's been around for a while called Love on the Spectrum. This is mm. about young autistic adults, young adults on the autism spectrum looking to date and form relationships. It, and it, uh, it was shot in Australia. And I can't explain to you how lovely it is. It, it's really one of the most moving, touching things. I feel like I have such a better understanding of what it means to be on the spectrum. Um, I, so many misconceptions that I had have been shattered. You know, we, we, we've been taught mainstream culture that like, People with autism, they, they can't speak, or they speak very little, or um, even if they can speak, they're not social, they don't want to be around other people, they don't want to interact with other people. These are some of the most gifted, uh, verbally gifted people I've ever encountered. Like Some of them just speak in brilliant paragraphs, one after the other, and they absolutely want to be social, and they want love, and they want relationships. And I cried more than a few times watching this show. There's two seasons out right now. It is, it, it is a feel-good show, and it will teach you about people that need to be understood and that are so poorly understood right now. Um, so Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. And then this is just – I'm just going to say this because now that Patrick and I both have COVID, we're hanging out together. And last mm-hmm. night we decided to watch the film adaptation of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. 1967 oh, musical it. musical movie movie musical with Michelle Lee and Robert Morse. So delightful, even though they cut three songs from the show and they were all great songs. They cut co- um, Coffee Break, Coffee Break, New Rochelle and Paris Original. And those were all like iconic numbers. But the fact is, I think they just couldn't fit it in. The whole movie's two hours as it is. But what a what a like delicious piece of candy that movie is michelle lee is a goddess so um rent that i love it's that movie three, Adam. You, you can rent it from amazon prime for three dollars and 99 cents what'd you just say right i love that movie i love it, it i used Great to watch music. it as a kid all the time yeah it's fun okay um it's eleven fifteen ish we're just getting into our first news story and <sighs> i kind of don't want to get into this when it first mm-hmm. broke this past week, my first thought was like, I don't want to get into this because it's too fraught. There's so many weighty issues of race and culture and 
cancel culture and stand up and it, it just involves so many things. But then the story kept growing and developing and changing. And I feel like we have to do it because mm -hmm. it's everything that we talk about on this show. Um, except, except sex. There's nothing sexy about it. But anyway, you probably figured out by now that I'm referring to Dave Chappelle, who came out with um, his latest Netflix special, The Closer. It premiered October 5th. And he made a number of jokes about, I don't even know if I would call them jokes, about trans people and specifically trans women. Um, I, I'd like for JB to play this clip. It, it goes about two minutes. And they've canceled people that are more powerful than me. They canceled J.K. Rowling. My God, J.K. Rowling wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself. She sold so many books, the Bible worries about her. And they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said, gender was a fact. And then the trans community got mad as shit. They started calling her a turf. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. But I know that trans people make up words to win arguments. So I looked it up. Turf is an acronym. Stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminists. This is a real thing. This is a group of women that hate transgender. They don't hate transgender women, but they look at trans women the way we blacks might look at blackface. It offends them. Like, ooh, this bitch is doing an impression of me. <laughs> now, I shouldn't speak on this because I am not a woman, nor am I a trans. But as we've established, I am a feminist. That's right. I'm team turf. I agree. I agree, man. Gender is a fact. You have to look at it from a woman's perspective. Look at it like this. Caitlyn Jenner, whom I've met, wonderful person. Caitlyn Jenner was voted Woman of the Year, her first year as a woman. Ain't that something? Beat every bitch in Detroit, she's better than all of you. Gender is a fact, this is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. That is a fact. And there was more. He compared the genitals of trans women to being like artificial meat, like beyond meat. He called it beyond oh. pussy or impossible pussy. Oh. Um, he said that uh, he talked about DeBaby after DeBaby had come out with those really homophobic and AIDS phobic remarks a couple months ago and there was a big backlash. He said, uh, do you, uh, Chappelle said, do you see where I'm going with this? Uh oh, because I guess DeBaby had been involved years ago in some altercation that involved, uh, that, that resulted in someone dying. So Chappelle said, do you see where I'm going with this? In our country, you can shoot and kill a blank, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. And it's not the first time that Chappelle has brought up gay and trans people in his stand-up. He's been doing this quite a bit. It seems to be a, an area of focus and concern for him. Um, but these were the most controversial of, of anything, of any of the rem remarks he's made because he literally identified as a TERF, which is a trans-exclusive radical feminist, and defended J.K. Rowling. Um, I want to just give you the news before we even talk about our feelings about this. Um, mm -hmm. So there was, a, there was huge backlash, and some of, a, a lot of the backlash came, came from people who work at Netflix. One of them is this trans woman named Tara Field, a trans white woman. She works for Netflix as a senior software engineer. She tweeted this. I work at Netflix. Yesterday we launched another Chappelle special where he attacks the trans community and the very validity of transness, all while trying to pit us against other marginalized groups. You're going to hear a lot of talk about, off about offense. We are not offended. 
being trans is actually pretty funny if you're someone who actually knows what the sub knows the subject matter how could volunteering for a second puberty not be funny that isn't what he's doing though our existence is funny to him and when we object to his harm we're quote offended the problem is that people are responding to something we never said we aren't complaining about being offended and we don't have thin skin you try going to a pharmacy and having them call you sir in front of everyone while you pick up your estradol. What we object to is the harm that content like this does to the trans community, especially trans people of color and very specifically black trans women. Rye, are you making noise in the background with dishes or something? Um, I mean, in, in the other room, yes. Okay, the yeah, we can hear. Can you, can you just mute your phone for the moment? Sure. Um, what we object to is the harm that content like this does to the trans community, especially trans people of color and very specifically black trans women. People who look like me aren't being killed. I'm a white woman. I get to worry about Star Starbucks writing Tara on my drink. Promoting, this is still her tweet, promoting turf ideology, which is what we did by giving it a platform yesterday, directly harms trans people. It is not a neutral act. This is not an argument with two sides. It is an argument with trans people who want to be alive and the people who want us not to be. This all gets brushed off as a fence, though, because we're just being too sensitive. Because if we're just being too sensitive, then it's easy to ignore us. So who does this harm? Why don't we go over the list of some people from the U.S. who aren't offended by Dave Chappelle's special? Tiana Alexander, a 28-year-old black trans woman who was shot to death in Chicago on January 6th. Tiana is not offended. Samuel Edmund Demian Valentin, a trans man, was killed on January 9th in Puerto Rico. Samuel is not offended. Bianca Muffin Banks, a black trans woman who was shot to death in Atlanta, Georgia on January 17th. Bianca is not offended. And then she goes on and on. She lists like dozens of names of trans people who have been murdered in this country just since January of 2021. Dozens. Subsequently, after uh, posting this tweet, Tara and two other Netflix employees were fired by the company. Netflix claims they were fired because they attended a Zoom meeting with management that they were not entitled to be at. So after that came forward, the fact that they, the three of them had been fired uh, Netflix said, no, no, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with anything they said or tweeted. It was because they shouldn't have attended this meeting. And then Netflix backtracked and hired them back. And this is an issue, this is a controversy on which celebrities are weighing in. I mean, like some really big names out there have been posting their thoughts and feelings about this. Wilson Cruz, I saw on his Twitter feed. Um, has been fighting with and blocking uh, people who are anti-trans and TERFs. Roxanne Gay, who's a wonderful columnist for the New York Times, wrote an editorial about Chappelle. There's been pieces in Vulture and Vox, and pretty much everyone's weighing in. And he has continued to be very defiant and say, I'm, I'm thrilled with the reaction. I'm happy to be canceled. If this is what being canceled is, bring it on. Here's my feeling well, about yeah. Here's my feeling about all this, and then I, I really want to hear what you guys think. First of all, I, I think Chappelle is one of the greatest comedians of all time. I've thought that for you know, fifteen twenty years. I think he's brilliant. I think he's talented. I used to love his material. I have said before on this podcast that something has happened to him in recent years where he's gotten mean and started picking on the wrong targets, punching down, as they say. And he does seem to have this real animosity, although he keeps saying he doesn't, towards LGBTQ people and particularly trans women. And what upsets me about the material is if you, listen, he can talk about anything he wants and by the way, no one's canceling him. His special is still airing. He still got the millions of dollars from it. it just like nobody canceled the baby. The baby's still selling out uh, concerts and albums, and everyone who, who claims to have been canceled is doing just fine. Um, but here's my problem with the material itself. He's 
she starts with a false premise. J.K. Rowling didn't simply say gender is a fact. That's not what she said. What she actually said, and she said it quite a bit, and in lengthy paragraphs that she posted, is that cisgender women have reason to fear transgender women being in their bathrooms because cisgender women are vulnerable to being sexually assaulted, raped, murdered, and that it's very easy for a cisgender man to pretend to be a trans woman in order to use a woman's bathroom to assault her. And we've talked on this show about how ridiculous that premise is. First of all, there have been no cases documented of this ever happening anywhere in the world. But second of all, if I'm a man who's a predator and I want to rape a woman in a, in a woman's bathroom, if that's my intent, I do not need to go through the trouble of dressing up in drag and pretending to be a trans woman. I can simply walk into that bathroom when it's empty and lurk in one of the stalls until my victim comes in. There is, this is insanity. This is feeding the myth a, that trans women aren't women. B, that trans women have some nefarious agenda other than just taking a piss in the bathroom that conforms to their gender. So right away, he's, he's setting up a straw man argument, and it's not truthful. But also, saying that every human being was born through the legs of a woman, that's not actually true. There have been trans men who have given birth. There have been countless women who, excuse me, countless people who don't identify as women but still have vaginas and reproductive systems who have given birth. He, he, he is forcing a belief that is not fact. And he is once again focusing on genitals rather than identity. Trans identity or any kind of gender identity, is not about whether you have a penis or a vagina. It is about how you identify, regardless of what's going on down there, which is none of your business anyway. I think Dave Chappelle is, is talented enough and smart enough that he doesn't need to be doing this material, and this material is harmful. It does hurt people. It particularly hurts black trans women who are already at the highest risk of violence and murder than perhaps any other segment of our society. And he knows better. And he doesn't give a shit. So I'm glad that the backlash is happening. I'm glad people are calling him on it. I don't really have any good feelings left about him. And I think when you have a platform as large as his, and are such an important figure to, 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 to the black community, you have a responsibility not to pit the black community against the trans community, particularly when many people in the black community are trans. He seems to think it's one or the other. It's not white trans people versus black people. Trans people come in all races and ethnicities including black, and it, he just negates their existence. There, there are numerous things he says in this special. Um, at one point, I don't know if this was part of the clip you just played, at one point he says <clears throat> he compares being trans, being a trans woman, to doing blackface. That being a trans woman is offensive to women in the way that doing blackface is offensive to black people. It's just such a ridiculous and harmful analogy. Trans people aren't putting on a costume. They are living their lives. Ryan and JB, I'd love to get your thoughts. Well, I, you just put it, you know, everything you just said completely spot on, and I agree. And what I would add is just that, like, well, first of all, I don't, necessarily think that any of that uh, there were no jokes in any of what he said it, it truly was just a transphobic rant in in my opinion but i'm not i'm not really surprised i mean like you said i mean this has kind of been a pattern over the past couple of years with him like a, he's like he's definitely going going downhill a bit with his material 
Um, so I'm not really surprised. What I am surprised at, though, is the response from Netflix, especially yeah. because just, uh, you know, about a year ago, they released that uh, documentary Disclosure about the trans experience. And in it, they talk about how, you know, content is harmful uh, to trans communities. Like, the content like this is harmful. It has real-world, you know, repercussions, people dying, people getting killed, trans women, especially trans women of color. And so the fact that the CEO responded basically saying, like, we actually believe that this doesn't directly translate to real-world harm. It's like, what the fuck? And then the fact that a trans employee was then fired. It's three of them. Really, three of them. Like, it's really, really disappointing. Um, and, like, I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I understand, and, and I know that you could speak to this too, Adam, like, there is this conversation around stand-up and, and where the lines are, and, you know, yes, there are, it is, it is um, sometimes intended to stoke controversy and push buttons, but when it's directly harming a community um, such as you know, the trans community like this, it's just like, what's the point? What, what, why, did, why is this necessary? Why does this need right. to be included in this set? I, I just... I want to yeah. get JB in because he's, yes. he's going to... Yeah, JB's going to have to uh, call our guest in a sec, so I want him to be able to, to weigh in because I know, yeah. JB, that you're a, a huge Chappelle fan. So how do you feel about this? Um, okay, so I watched the special, clearly. Um... You know how I feel about hate. You don't hate on people for no reason. It just felt like a hate speech at that certain part. I was just like, even I felt uncomfortable. Right. And then, like, he's wrong in general, period, about the trans people and blackface. Those are two different things. It's like compared apples to oranges. Yeah. You can't do that. But, I mean, that's all I'm going to get into for now. Yeah, I mean, it's sad to me. It's, it's kind of like how I feel about Roseanne. Roseanne used to be one of my heroes, not just as a comedian, right. but also because her show was such a loud voice for working class people and for progressive values. You know, like tax the rich, help the poor, uh, you know, stand up for for people who have no voice, no voices. Her show was groundbreaking. It dealt with issues of racism. It dealt with issues of homophobia. And then she became like a crazy ass right wing Trump supporter. And it's just so, it, it, I'm still upset about Roseanne and I'm upset about Chappelle because I feel like Chappelle should have bit, gone down in history as another Richard Pryor. And he would mm -hmm. have, except he seized on this issue which seems to really affect him somehow. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just ugly. Anyway, um, Rye, we're going to let you go okay. because we can't have more than one person on the phone at a time. And I'm going to let JB uh, try to get our guest on the phone. And I'm going to move on with a couple more stories. But Ryan, thank you for joining yes, us. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye, lovey. So um, the other big gay story this week, or I should say LGBTQ story is that DC comics has announced that it's newest Superman will be bisexual. Now to be clear, it's not Clark Kent. It's actually his son, John Kent, who will officially come out as bi. Um, actually now it's uh, yes. So this actually happened on October 9th. Um, the writer of the, comic book where it's going to where, where it came out said I've always said everyone needs heroes and everyone deserves to see themselves in their heroes and I'm very grateful DC and Warner Brothers shared this idea his name's Tom Taylor um, DC confirms that in the comics John Kent will fall for his close friend reporter Jay Nakamura 
As John faces exhaustion from saving the world from constant threats, the emotional bond between he and Jay will deepen. Um, so, of course, this ignited a firestorm among the far right. Dean Cain, who's like a right-wing Trump supporter and who played Superman on uh, Smallville, um, right? Was it Smallville? No, I'm sorry. The Adventures of Lois and Clark, the, uh, the, the Superman series from the 90s. He weighed in on Fox News and said, like, this isn't groundbreaking. They should, if they want to be groundbreaking, they should have... Um, Superman go after the Taliban, and like he turned it into this kind of anti-Muslim rant. But the funniest um, attack was from this moron, Wendy Rogers. She's a, a senator from Arizona. And she tweeted, Superman loves Lewis Lane. L-O-U-I-S. Superman loves Lewis Lane, period. Hollywood is trying to make Superman gay, and he is not. Then she suggested that the new gay Superman be called Thooperman, T-H-O-O-P-E-R man. She did, but she didn't really understand what's going on. DC Comics is publishing the upcoming comic book, not Hollywood. Uh, Superman, the Superman who kisses a boy is John Kent, the son of Clark Kent. It's his mother who's Lois Lane. And, of course, it's Lois, not Lewis. But this moron can't even spell. So the replies on Twitter were very funny. Here's one from Dave Weagle. You heard her. Superman is in love with a man named Lewis. <laughs> Mark Harris NYC said, I don't know who Lewis Lane is, but he sounds hot. Mrs. Betty Bowers, who we've had on the show, Devin Green, wrote, Wow, a gay lisp joke in 2021? You Republicans are just as lazy as you are trashy. And cowboy Hal Jordan tweeted, don't worry, he definitely still loves Lois Lane, even though they've been married for a while, and it's literally their son who's by. Reading comprehension is a lovely thing. Can I just say about this story right here? Yes. Um, as a comic book reader, the Superman, like any alteration of Superman, except for this one alteration called Superboy, was the only thing gay-related. They Even the comic books, they never want Superman or any uh, or any iteration of Superman to be gay. So I'm super happy that they chose his son to be a bisexual. Good for him. Me too. And I knew this. you'd be happy about this story, JB. Will you be buying the comic book? Um, I'm still not a big superhero fan. I'm sorry. I'm still not a big Superman fan. So, uh, yeah, probably not. Because, you know, Superman was made just like Captain America. He was made for the right-wing people. Uh, I'm not about that life. All right, I get it. Is our guest on the phone? Yes, yes, we have. Well, let's not, let's not keep him waiting another moment. Our guest today is a trailblazer in the world of adult entertainment, having been the first black man to win the Gay Vienna Award for Best Actor. That was back in 2020. He is now branching out into mainstream acting and stars, excuse me, stars in the short-form TV series Collar Confessions, currently airing on Here TV and based on the novel by Dwight O'Neill. Here's a taste. Happy birthday. It was our new neighbor. I had asked about some landscaping in the uh, in the area. Really? Really, see? There you go, jumping to conclusions. And there you go, jumping to lies. Quentin, if you knew it was him at the door, why didn't you say anything? Um, you still haven't answered the question. But I guess no answer is the answer, huh? Have mercy. I'm not doing anything, Quentin. He's still the minister of music at my church. And I'm the pastor of the church. Gonna have to talk, okay? You just came by to see how the move went and if we needed anything. <laughs> Suspect. And joining us live from Atlanta is D'Angelo Jackson. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, D'Angelo. How are you how this are morning? You? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. I uh, would love to start with your origin story, if I could. So tell us where you grew up. And uh, and what your childhood was like. Hello. Rutro, JB, did we lose him? Uh, yeah. Give me one second. Let me call him back. Okay. Anyway, well, the show was technically doing okay until then, but uh, as I said at the beginning, we are uh, doing things very differently today. So. Uh, while JB tries to get D'Angelo back, I had many other stories that I did not get to today, so let's do some of them. Uh, okay, 
So Oscar-winning actor Eddie Redmayne is striking back at critics who are attacking his casting in a new West End production of Cabaret in London. Um, he's set to play the MC. This is the, the role that Joel Grey famously played in the original Broadway production as well as the movie, the 1971 movie with um, Liza Minnelli. And then Alan Cumming took over the role both in the 90s in a revival in New York on Broadway and then again in the 2000s. Uh, on Broadway, and the MC isn't specifically gay. He, he never talks about his sexuality. He doesn't have any relationship uh, with a man or a woman. He's just an entertainer. But the role has always been kind of androgynous and flamboyant, and there's been a suggestion, there's certainly always been a suggestion that he might be gay. Um, in the Alan Cumming versions, where at the very end of the show, uh, he appears on stage wearing like a uh, concentration camp uniform with a pink triangle on it. But that was a choice of that particular production. It's not in the script. It's, there's nothing that's, that says that he's gay. But now people are bashing the casting of Redmayne, who's a straight guy, for playing what should be a queer role. Redmayne says, I hope when people see the performance, the interpretation will justify the casting. The way I see the character is as shape-shifting and a survivor. Uh, countless straight men have played the role of the MC over the years on Broadway, including John Stamos, Norbert Leo Butts, Adam Pascal, John Sakata, and Michael C. Hall. How are we doing, JB? Got him. Yay! D'Angelo, are you with me? Here. Hey, sorry about that, man. No worries. So, yeah, I was going to ask you what, uh, give us your background. Tell, tell, me what, uh, tell me what growing up was like, where, where you grew up, and, uh, and, and what kind of childhood you had. I was, um, well, I come from a uh, military family, so I grew up an Army brat, born in Germany, um, and just really just kind of bounced around every three, uh, three years from, uh, from base to base until I, you know, I finally got a chance to settle down in um, <clears throat> Tallahassee. Went to college at a TCC FSU, uh, majored in criminal justice. And from there, you know, I was, you know, trying to, uh, you know, really help pay for tuition. So I applied to some uh, some porn sites and kind of, you know, the, the ball went rolling. <laughs> After when, ages, I, you know. when were you first aware that you were attracted to men? Oh, wow. Um, about four or five. I, I knew something was different about me. I had, you know, this, this you know, pull towards uh, other boys my age. So for me, it was just at a very young age. Well, I know the military, not exactly the most gay-friendly place, especially when you were growing up. Uh, <laughs> was it something that, that you struggled to hide? Could you could you tell anyone? No, um, I had no no issues with um, with hiding who I was. It's just for me, I didn't I didn't really have a word for it as a child. So for me, it wasn't really an issue until, um, until my twenties, my late teens, early twenties, when I had to come out or when I was outed, I should say. Oh, wow. Who outed you? Yeah. Uh, one of my cousins, this is like the, uh, the, the years of, of my space. So we had to come to, uh, one of my family members that, you know, they need to pray for me. Something is going on. And that's just, you know, it's a horrible thing to be, you know, not given that opportunity to to come out. You know, it's, yeah. I think you should, you know, you should come out when you're ready to come out and not be, you know, outed by by anyone. So that's you know, kind of, you know, what happened to me. Yeah. So what were the repercussions of that? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, at that time, I wasn't really in communication with um, a lot of my family. So for me, just... It wasn't any, I was 22, 23 at the time, 21, 22, 23. So I was, I was yeah. fairly older and mature in ages, you know, as far as me coming out. So I was already on my own. So there was really no, no um, major blowback for my family at the time. I think it was, That's good. you know, not only being gay and being, being a porn star, it's like two double whammies yeah. <laughs> for a I very, mean... <laughs> uh, Christian-oriented family. Are they cool with it now? Uh, well, um, of course, my, my cousins, my, my brother, my sister are. Uh, my mom wasn't 
my dad, you know, obviously wasn't. He's a pastor. But it's like it's, for them, you know, that they um, they respect me. They just don't, you know, absolutely respect what I do. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I've never done porn, but my parents are kind of the same way with me. Like, they love me, they respect me, but they don't need to know everything that I'm up to. You, uh, so you're, oh, shit, do we lose you again? Uh, I think so. I'm giving them a call. Oh, boy. This is rough. All right, listeners, sorry about that. This is the magic of live uh, radio. Um, all right, let me... <laughs> Let me switch back to the cabaret story. So all I was going to say about this was, I think this is bullshit. I think any kind of criticism of Eddie Redmayne's casting in cabaret is ill-founded. I don't even have a problem with straight men playing gay roles. I know that that's a hot-button issue, and a lot of people feel that only gay people should play gay people. But I think we're at a point, uh, with gay people specifically, where there are enough out gay actors and there are enough roles of gay characters that I don't think we need to just limit it, that you have to be exactly like your character. I understand when trans folks want trans actors to play, uh, to tell their stories, that makes sense to me. And I do think that's important, especially because there are so few out trans actors. Hey, are we back? D'Angelo? Hello, can you hear me? Hey, I don't know why we keep losing you. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Sorry about this. Okay, so let's get back to college. So you're in Tallahassee. You're at college. You want to earn some extra money. Um, uh, That first time when you reach out to the porn company and say you're interested, like, were you, what were you going, what were you feeling? Were you like, I can do this. I I, I like sex. I'm good at sex. This is something I can do. Like, what made you think that that you could even do this? (laughs) Well, it certainly wasn't that because at the time I was still a virgin. So I never had. Holy shit. Right, right. So I lost my virginity on camera. My first time having sex was actually my first scene, which was traumatizing to say the least. Um, but what gave me the confidence was I thought, you know, I thought I was a, a you know, a, a fairly cute, handsome guy. And, Correct. you know, it was kind of that, that thing of just having that confidence and not desperation, but wanting easy money. And I thought to myself, you know, I, if I'm being honest, I didn't think I was going to get a call back. So for me, <laughs> when I did get a call back from one of the companies, um, it took me a couple of weeks to really respond. Like, I said, you know what, let's just let's try it. Let's do it. Even though, like I said, I didn't have any experience. Um, but it was one of those things, like, I just, it became easier and easier after that first scene. But I, I don't recommend your first experience being on camera. <laughs> no. And so <laughs> I, I can I... Can I ask what you had to do in that scene? Were you topping? Were you bottoming? What happened? Yeah, I didn't know what a top or bottom was. Uh, <laughs> versatile. I didn't know any of these terms. But I kind of, you know, I, top, it sounds like, you know, the one, one that's giving. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a top. Um, oral, you know, I tried a lot on that first scene. You know, um, not bottoming, but just, just topping, oral. Thank and God. for me, it was like, wow, this is a... Uh, this is something, but it, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't something that I didn't enjoy. I just I do regret that that first experience was off camera as opposed to being on camera. You know, <laughs> but uh, what? you know, it was what it was, and it just it got easier. Each scene. And what's the name? What's the name of that movie? Oh God, it's just actually um, it's not even a full movie. It's just like a um, a scene. Like a with, scene, uh, yeah. Flavorworks, yeah, with flavorworks dot com. Um, I'm wearing this, this Seminoles, you know, FSU shirt, you know, baby face. <laughs> it's just, I look back at him like, oh my God, this is still so hard yeah, I mean, for him. I know you might be, nervous. you might be the only gay porn star on earth who lost his virginity on camera. Like that is a really <laughs> surprising story. Yeah. D'Angelo, you famously became the first black performer to win the Gay VN for Best Actor. Uh, and that was after, I, I imagine, facing a tremendous amount of racism in the industry. Um, and you exposed that in your documentary, Being Black in Porn, which came out earlier this year. What is your experience of being black and porn in porn, and specifically gay porn? Mm. Well, you know, starting out um, 10 plus years ago now, for me, it was just really falling into this, the stereotypes of just being a black man in general. 
you know, a black gay man. So, you know, just, just these very thuggish and urban and just, you know, it was just stereotypes that I wasn't really used to. Me coming from a very mixed um, background, it wasn't something I was accustomed to. So, you know, playing a role or anything like that was something I wasn't accustomed to. Um, as far as just pay-wise, I know back then I wasn't, you know, earning anywhere near my um, white counterparts in the same role at a, at a different company. Um, and that's not even speaking towards, you know, um, black males who, who only bought them. They keep paying even less. Um, it's so financial, financial inequity for one. Absolutely. And it's just the locations of, of the scenes and, you know, I may be playing a, a, a prisoner or, or, um, you know, a do-rag on my head and, but you know what? I mean, you do have the thing is just it's, it's feeding to this this negative stereotype. Uh, they want you to look like a thug. Uh, yes, the the, the the more thuggish, the sexier, I guess. <laughs> and for me, it's just I don't know. You know, I wanted to to be myself. I wanted you know to to appeal to both audiences, black, white, anyone, not just you know uh, a, a very just all black, you know, audience. I've always wanted to be very diverse when it comes to um, who I film scenes with or who I shoot with. That's just right. me. Um, this, and I didn't, I really wanted to break that mold. It took a, a very long time to finally dig and crawl myself out of, you know, out of that trope, you know, but you know, it's, it's gotten better um, within the past, I'd say three to five years. I was just going to ask you that because, you know, we've been having this national conversation about racial equity, uh, you know, in a way that we haven't really ever before mm. for the last several years. And I'm wondering if that has filtered down into the porn industry and led to some some positive change. <laughs> it's been a very uh, slow trickle down, to say the least. Um, I think with this with the past uh, this past summer with um, Black Lives Matter resurgence in 2020, of June 2020, that's when things really kind of pick back up, you know, we was, we was all just, you know, in quarantine and just, it was, it was a very, um, interesting summer to say the least. Yeah. And, um, a lot of people were canceled and, you know, it's, it's funny how when you're on Twitter, you know, people are looking and digging for stuff. And, you know, for me, it was very interesting to see a lot of my white counterparts, some of the, you know, comments and, you know, who supported Black Lives Matter, who doesn't, and, the changes that need to be made in some of these companies. And it was funny how a lot of these companies really bent over backwards to try to um, diversify their, uh, their catalog of work. <laughs> and um, for me, it was, it was a long time coming. I had been wanting to do being black and gay porn prior, you know, for, you know, uh, last year or something, because I wanted to bring my experience to the table. I wanted to expose my experience um, and really showcase it really showcased what I was going through. And for me, I, I really wanted to make the experience of being anyone of color a better experience than when I first came into the game 10 years ago. So, well, and I think, that, it, if, it, I think if, it is any, if it is any better, I think you have played a significant part in that. And I think one of the things about being as successful as you are and as, as well-known as you are is you probably have the ability now to call the shots in a way that you didn't when you were starting out. You're like like oh, you're yeah. at the table now. Absolutely. I think I have a, um, have a, a voice that's, that's heard now. Um, but it's, it's taken quite a, a while. I mean, back you know, 10 years ago, being in porn, like being an actual porn star, you didn't being successful, you didn't really last for more than three to six months, let yeah. alone a year or two or more. So, you know, for me, it just is one of those things where either you can do it or you can't. And it's, it's definitely not for um, for everyone, mentally and, and physically, I, I say that. So, um, but it's really been worth it. I'm just, I'm really excited. These last two years have just been incredible for me. That's awesome. And you, and now you're doing uh, mainstream acting. Do you hope to do more of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to transition into um, mainstream acting for um, a couple of years now. You know, the older I get, I don't want to be, you know, um, 
in my fifties, still in a, you know, still in front of the screen in the industry. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's just something I don't see for myself. I just, I feel as though it's time for me to, you know, really stretch out any kind of active skills I may have. I want to try something new. I feel kind of like stagnant. I'm ready yeah. just to, to branch out a little bit and to see what else I can do. Um, and just turn this chapter and just, you know, have this journey continue forward. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. And everyone can see you on here TV in Collar Confessions. It's currently airing. Um, I, we have just a couple minutes remaining. And if, uh, if you will, I'd love to play a game with you called Ask Me No Questions. Great. Are you ready for it? <laughs> JB, you got the bumper? Ask, Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yes. Okay. What is the hottest part of a man's body? Mm, for me, the um, I say the ass. J just in general, the ass in is what general, attracts you. Oh yeah, that's that's the first. That's one of the first things that, that really pulls me. Let eggs and uh, um, legs and ass. You have a dildo out that was modeled after your own penis. It's actually available on Amazon. Um, so the question <laughs> is, have you ever fucked yourself? I have. It was. It was actually wasn't that enjoyable for me. <laughs> too big. I think. I think that the head is a little too big for me. Um, but uh, <laughs> besides that, you know, once you warm up to it, it, it feels amazing. I bet. Uh, what's the creepiest thing a fan has ever sent you? Mm, the creepiest thing a fan has ever sent me. Um, I don't, I won't say it is creepy. I had a fan send me a pair of, of his dirty underwear. <clears throat> dirty, like yeah. with poop on it? It's just, just musty, I'll say. Oh. And why I would want that, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it's all good. To those listening, do not send D'Angelo any dirty underwear. He does not want that. <laughs> what is, what's your biggest turnoff in a guy? If you're, if you're going to hook up with a guy and then he does something or he says something, what, what's the thing he, he does that turns you off the most? Oh, a turnoff in bed for me. Um, it's, it's what he doesn't say. I like, for, I like a, a verbal bottom um, or just a versatile guy. So if, if you're like really quiet, it's like, okay, what's, what's going on here? You know, am I doing something wrong or right? So it, it's a quiet agree. for me that kind of turns me off. <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. Um, who is your celebrity crush? Ooh, celebrity crush. Um, oh, my God, I'm so old school. Um, for me, it's, it's always been, and don't laugh, it's always been Janet Jackson. I've always had the biggest crush on her since I was very, very little. So for me, and it still is. Yeah. Do you I identify? Do you identify as bi? I do. I do. Oh, all right. I did not know that. You currently have a partner who's male, though, right? Yes. So you're not on the market. No, I'm very much taken. <laughs> Lucky him. Um, what's a hot experience that you had that you sometimes think about and jerk off to? I had my first experience with having sex on the beach. It was Ooh, beautiful. Sexy. It was actually um, in, in um, Brazil. So it was extremely, extremely hot and very sexy. For me, I'm not someone who likes public anything as far as sex. So for me, it was like, you know, quite the experience and very thrilling. Something I think about every now and then. Nice. D'Angelo Jackson, thank you so much for being with us. I'm sorry for all the technical problems. How can people follow you online? No worries. Um, you guys can follow my uh, my Instagram is the one D'Angelo Jackson, and my Twitter is D'Angelo J X X X. Also, I have OnlyFans with D'Angelo Jackson, and go to Fleshlight Flesh Boys, and you can find um, my toys, my uh, my insert, and my dildo. Angelo Jackson. The, the dildo is really beautiful. I might be ordering it myself. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to us. Best of luck with the acting career, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you on Here TV in Collar Confessions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thanks you so much Angela. for having me. This is awesome. Bye JB, bye. Thanks, for, thanks for putting this together. JB, how could people follow you? Follow me only on Instagram at StockingAnarchy12. 
And you can follow Ryan at uh, Ryan Frosting on Twitter and Instagram. Um, thank you all so much. Tune in to, next week to hear another brand new ass with our special guest, Jim Colucci, who co-wrote a book with Norman Lear about the history of All in the Family. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Insta at Adam Sank and on TikTok at Adam Sank Official. Don't forget to leave those reviews and ratings on iTunes. Email me anything at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. I love you.